0: Checking out Coaching Connections. On today's episode, we have Coach Tommy Strine of Chicago State University. Now, Coach Strine is just one of those people that you meet and he just gives off this positive vibe. He is very giving of his knowledge. He is one of the most helpful people that you'll come across and he's a very genuine person. Now, Coach Strine was named to the Under Armour Top 30, Under 30 for basketball coaches in our country. He is also a member of the Coaches for Change. He, is, uh, he has his own Think Tank series, uh, which is a podcast under the Rising Coaches uh, umbrella. And he just does so much for the game of basketball. I really appreciate his time. I hope you enjoyed this episode just as much as I did. This is Coach Tommy Strine of Chicago State University, Coaching Connections. Let's
1: get after it. Coach, how you doing?
0: I'm good, Coach. Can you hear me?
1: I can. Can you hear me?
0: Yes. Yes,
1: sir. Oh, awesome. Awesome. You have a better setup than I do there. I'm, you got the- <laughs> You got the the, the pictures on the walls and everything. That's awesome.
0: What's funny is when I first started this, I, you know, I just did it because, you know, just, just an idea. And I was bouncing all over my house. And so basically I was giving a tour of my house during all these episodes. And I've always had this little room and I said, you know what, might as well use it for something.
1: There you go. There you go. We just moved up here. So we moved from Texas up to Chicago and I started, I did my HR on Monday Yeah, and then, uh, we don't have a place to live until the 26th. So, coaches like go up. We have a family lake house about two hours away from Chicago. Yeah. So that's where I'm at right now. Is I'm at the lake, just kind of hanging out for 10 days, working remotely. And so life could be worse. But then my we have the we have the six we have the four month old. Right? I'm good buddy I, I'm on a I'm on a really important phone call <laughs> it happens, you know, my,
0: my kids come down all the time and they'll pop in and you see a little head peeking over here <laughs> right, no,
1: he'll be all right he might yell or something like that if he falls in the lake I gotta run and grab him real quick so
0: all good uh, it makes makes uh, for a dramatic episode huh? so coach Tommy Strand, I just want to say thank you very much for taking time out of your day to, to talk about life talk about hoops and everything in between I do appreciate you.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. I, I'm excited to, you know, share my story a little bit, answer any questions uh that, that you have, and hopefully uh somebody gets something out of out of this from me. I I, I uh I've done a lot of these and, and you know, one of the things that I wanted to make sure is that uh, you know, guys that are coming up in the business that wanna be uh coaches that they kinda understand that nobody's path is the same and, and that uh you know everybody kinda has a unique way about it. So
0: I, I appreciate you having
1: good.
0: me on. Yes, sir. That's one thing I've learned too about this series that that I've been doing is is nobody's path is, is the same at all. Everybody's got a totally different journey and a story to tell. Talk a little bit about COVID. You know, how, how has your life changed since all this happened? What have you been doing? I know there's been some, some big changes recently in your life um, with a new job and all, but, but aside from that, you know, just your daily routine, what does that look like?
1: COVID, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, when I was at Lamar, uh, we were at our conference tournament when it hit and they kind of canceled the tournament, right? Um, so that was obviously different, you know, and then I caught COVID myself, <laughs> um, and I had a really bad strain of it. I, uh, I, um, uh, was in the hospital for six days. Um, you know, I wrote a blog about it. If you go to my Twitter page, you can kind of read more about that, but you know, it's been, been unique, you know, it's been unique. Uh, everything's kind of online. You don't get to have your hands on guys and, and get to see them as much, you know, everything's virtual, but, um, for me and my career, it's actually been amazing. Um. You know, I, I've been able to be in a lot of Zoom calls, be in a lot of, you know, meetings and rooms and meet people that I probably wouldn't have been able to if it wasn't for COVID. Um, so for my career, it's actually been like a good thing. Um, you know, Alvin Brooks the third started uh, Be Ready. And, uh, you know, so get on there and, and you know, make a bunch of really good connections and friends and and mentors and, and you know, coaches throughout the country. And, and uh, you know, that kind of actually helped lead me to get the Chicago State job was what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, on that be ready call so um alvin brooks was great you know ryan price has done a great job with his stuff brian burns done a great job with his stuff and then you know ryan rising coaches adam gordon has gave me a huge opportunity to do some stuff with rising coaches um you know so so all that stuff combined because of the pandemic i've been able to do a lot of these zoom calls and stuff and and social media and everything like that and it's kind of helped my career take off um you know but from a basketball standpoint with our guys it's, it's been hard because you don't you know, there's just something about face-to-face interaction that's a little bit different, um, you know, than the Zoom stuff. So, you're just trusting that your guys are out there working as they can. Um, when school is in session, it was hard because you're doing, you know, making sure the guys are, you know, going to their classes online and make sure they're keeping up with their homework, but you're doing it virtually. So, um, you know, just everything just a little bit different. But, you know, I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's, you make the best of a bad, of a bad situation. And I think, you know, you know, hopefully I have and hopefully, you know, other people have as well.
0: Sure. And, and from what I've seen, and I don't really know you personally, just kind of through social media, but from what I've seen, you know, you definitely are making the most out of a, a tough situation. And, and so it's, it's positive to see and it's motivating and it's inspiring to a lot of other coaches out there. So keep up the good work, coach.
1: I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Like I said, hopefully, you know, you know, it inspires somebody, you know, it, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's, you know, you have a lot of free time on your hands too, right. Cause there's just not a lot you can do um, throughout the day and you're home all, the, all during the day. So you have a lot of free time on your hands. So, you know, you're with your family a time, which is awesome. Um, and at the same time too, um, you know, I really, you know, my, my career really changed when I started realizing it wasn't about me. It was about, it should be about everybody else. Um, and I think during this pandemic, that's something that I really tried to start doing, um, is realizing that it's about if, if I can make, if I can do some, something for someone every day, um, for someone else every day, then, then that's, you know, kind of my goal. Um, you know, and it kind of comes back to you a little bit. So, you know, that, that's been something that I've really focused on during this pandemic and something I think has paid dividends for not only me, but for others as well.
0: So, Absolutely. Now, you mentioned uh, working with the Rising Coaches situation and and doing some work with them. And, and I know you've been working on the uh, the Think take series. And so talk about that a little bit. What is that? For those that don't know what it is, what is it and, and how has it helped?
1: Yeah, so I approached Adam back in – uh this is probably back in mid-March right after the pandemic hit. And I just, I wanted to do something, um, for younger coaches. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, these GAs, these video coordinators, you know, they have, they spend so much, and I was a video coordinator. I was, you know, Adobo and, you know, you spend so much time in front of the computer and, you know, with, you know, different plays and stuff, and you're seeing so much basketball-wise, but you never really get to articulate it, right? You never really get to, you know, go up and draw it on a whiteboard. You're in every meeting, but you never get to talk during those meetings, you know, but, but you're learning and, and you have so much knowledge. You know, so for me, it was kind of twofold. You know, I wanted to do something where those guys would have a voice and they could, you know, express their opinions and they could, you know, their ideas um, you know, and really get used to it because eventually you're going to be an assistant coach, you're going to be a head coach, where you have to be able to present that stuff in front of people, right? Um, you know. But the other thing was, is I wanted to learn. You know, I, I, I'm a big believer that I can learn something from a middle school coach, or I can learn something from, you know, Mike Shashewsky. I can learn something on both ends. Um, you know, so selfishly, it was a little bit I wanted to learn some more mm-hmm. about basketball, some different ideas and stuff like that. So I came up with the, the idea of the think tank, um, which is basically uh, everybody comes into to Zoom meeting, and it's a bunch of us and and we have a topic for the week. Like this week's topic is going to be, you know, how do you, how do you install your offense in the preseason, in the season, and then going into your postseason? How do you install your offense? You know, do you start with two, one-on-one? Do you start with two-on-two? Do you start with three-on-three? Five-on-oh, five-on-five? How do you install your offense? Um, you know, and, and so basically, you know, what it started with was it would be like three or four groups get together. You guys come together. You guys come up with your best idea and come back to the main group and kind of share it. And that's the way that it first started. So the first couple of weeks, it was like your best zone offense plays, and three or four guys would get together, they share their best zone offense plays, would come back to a big group together, 30, 40 people, and they'd share it. Um, and as we got going, it ended up being where we just kept the entire group together, and people just started throwing out ideas, you know, for different things. And nice. it's been really, really good, um, you know, just with different ideas and learning, and and it's just basically an open forum for anybody, whether you're a manager at a high school, all the way up to we have we have literally. Um, you know, GAs, uh, high school coaches, middle school coaches, college coaches, NBA guys, G League guys that come in and, and share their ideas and everybody gets something different out of it, um, you know, and everybody kind of has a voice. And then, you know, Rising Coaches allowed me to also do Scatter Report U, um, which will be coming back in a couple of weeks, I believe. i got to talk to Adam. but um, And that's another way of, you know, as you go through the interview process, as you become an assistant coach, you have to put together Scatter Reports. And everybody does Scatter Reports different. Everybody sees Scatter Reports different. Um. You know, so Sky Report U is a four week course, you know, and you know, and and basically, you know, the first week you're putting together your offensive plan. And so you'll watch, we'll watch film as a group, same thing, watch film as a group. This is what we're looking for here, this is what we're looking for there, you know, this is what I see. And again, the entire group can point out, hey, this is what I would look for on this, you know, something maybe you don't see. You put together your offense, the next week's the defense, then the next week is your personnel, and then that fourth week you have your entire Sky Report put together that you can put in your portfolio someday. Um, when you're interviewing for a job, but also we present it. So I'll be a head coach and you'll present it to me. And then, you know, you'll present it to the team because at the end of the day, when you have your scouting report, those are the two people, those are the two groups that you're, that you're presenting to your head coach and then your team. And so just preparing younger coaches to get ready. I mean, rising coaches, rising coaches, preparing guys, preparing coaches to be able to be assistant coaches, head coaches someday, and really just give them a voice that they, you know, that they don't have during that the season. You know, I, when I was a video coordinator, You know, now Coach Mooney would let me speak up in meetings. He was amazing about it. But like, you know, I would watch thousands of hours of film, you know, and I I probably knew the offense better than anybody in our, anybody in our, you know, office because I watched it so much, but I could, but, but it wasn't my job to to make suggestions or anything like that or draw anything up on the board, you know? So now that I'm an assistant coach, you know, now I have that knowledge. Now I have that ability to, you know, draw it up on the board for coach or something like that in meetings, more of a voice. Now I'm prepared for it. So, yeah. um, you know, that's, that's kind of where it came from, um, you know, in, in that regard. I think it's
0: pretty amazing what you guys are doing and, and, and lending that help enhance the younger coaches uh, trying to make their way through the profession. I think it's, it's pretty remarkable to see. So, so again, man, much, much uh, appreciation and kudos to you guys.
1: Well, Brad, Adam Gordon or, and uh, Brad, uh, Brandon Rosenthal, amazing amazing yeah. with rising coaches do a great job and, and, you know, can't thank them enough um, for the platform that they, they allowed me to do at the very, very beginning of it all. So, um, you know, those dudes are, those dudes are awesome.
0: You know, I see uh that you're pretty, you know, intent on helping people and lending a hand and, and, and being a positive uh, resource for other people. Is that, uh where does that come from? Is that something that, that maybe uh, parents instilled at an early age or?
1: um Yeah. I mean, I guess for me, you know, my you know, Coach Price at Lamar, you know, said to me one day, you know, it's not about you. And I was like, Whoa, okay. You know, you're right. You know, and, and I'd never I don't think I've ever been a self selfish person. But when I first got into this business, it was how quickly can I move up? You know, yeah. how quickly can I be an assistant coach? How quickly can I be a head coach? And you know, as I started to get more frustrated that, you know, I would interview for an assistant job, I wouldn't get it. I'd see somebody else get it, and I'm, like, I'm better than that guy. Why 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 am I not getting it? my mindset was wrong. Um, you know, and probably over the last probably over the last year or so, um, you know, I really started, you know, you know, God always tells us to love God and love people. And and without one, you can't have the other. Um, and and I really just started to dedicate my life to, you know, other people. Cause I was always thinking, I want to be an assistant coach. I want to be assistant coach. I want to be assistant coach, but I never realized how many people want to be a Dobo. Mm -hmm. You know, how many people, how many, you know, and as a Dobo, how many GAs want to be a DOBO? And as a GA, how many managers want to be a GA? You know, as an assistant coach, how many assistant coaches want to be a head coach, you know? So, you know, and so for me, you know, I decided that, you know, I I live by this principle that I can't have a perfect day until I do something for somebody that will never be able, that will never be able to repay me, you know? So I want to do something for someone every day. Um, and it really, it really comes back to you. It really does, you know, and if you, but you don't do it from a selfish standpoint of I'm going to do it. So I get something back. Um, but, you know, I think the most important phrase, you know, one of the most important phrases that I ask somebody every day is, is what can I do for you? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and I, I'm a true believer that, you know, you do something for somebody else it comes back to you. And, and, you know, that, that, that's just kind of my thing is, cause at the end of the day, basketball, you know, I could get fired tomorrow. Like coach Irving would be like, look, I made a mistake. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to hire you anymore. And I could be out of the job, you know, but the relationships that I've built through this pandemic, the relationships I've built through college coaching, those will never change if, I, if I'm a genuine person. And I, yeah. so I think just being genuine to who you are, um, you know, I'm a gi- giver, you know, and, you know, and, and a servant at heart. And if I can continue to do that, I think that that you know, changes a lot.
0: Absolutely, Coach. Let's talk a little bit about your childhood. Where'd you grow up? Um, what was your childhood like? Did you have any uh, powerful influences in your life that kind of led you down this path?
1: So I'll give the cliff notes version here, as my wife would say, but, um, uh, so I grew up in Auburn, Indiana. Um, uh, my mom in 1990 was in a car accident, um, where a 7,000 pound tree limb fell on top of her car when she was driving. Um, it crushed her head to the floorboard, broke her back, uh, cracked her skull open three layers, put her in a coma. Um, and she was three weeks pregnant with me at the time of the accident. Um, so she was, uh, you know, she, she, she ended up coming out of the coma and ended up having me. Um, but when I was 10 years old, she ended up going blind. Um, from the accident. So basically um, her brain was so, so uh, had, had so much trauma in it mm-hmm. that uh, her spine was sending water up into her, you know, sending fluids and stuff up into her brain, trying to heal it. And uh, as it was doing that, it dripped in and, and, and eroded her optic nerve, leaving her blind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I woke up, <clears throat> I woke up one morning, my mom came to me and said, look, like all I can see is out of one eye with coffee straw vision. Like I can barely see the like, the white of your eye. Um, and so my dad left uh, soon after, um, and so here I am, a ten ten year old boy um, with a single mother that can't see. So she was a pre K teacher at the time. She ended up having to give that up, you know. So I started working jobs when I was young. Um, you know, worked three jobs. You know, was in and out. You know, just trying to make ends meet. Um, my mother, my uncles, they were great with you know helping us out. You know, and and so you know started working from a young age. You know, kind of learned perseverance, hard work. Um, you know, and and, and really you know, never giving up. Um, you know, so I started playing basketball then, you know, kind of out of, you know, just something to do that wasn't just being like an adult at 12 years old. Right. So, um, you know, started playing basketball, had a, had a, had a decent, decent high school career. Um, you know, rank in the top 150, I think still in the state of Indiana and scoring all time, um, for high school basketball and and really enjoyed it. Had some great people around me that, you know, wouldn't let me quit on my dreams. Um, you know, as a junior in high school, then I had a really good year. Was getting a lot of Division one interest. Thought, um, hey, you know, this is my way out. I'm going to go play Division one basketball. Um, you know, and this, you know, eventually I'm going to pay my mom's house off. Um, you know, with the help of my uncle, and we're going to do this. And and uh, tore my ACL as a junior in high school. Um, so everything recruiting wise, I didn't have my junior year going into senior year of AU, um, which obviously is a big AAU season. So um, ended up tearing my ACL four total times. Um, you know, and and you know, then that, that ended up, you know, being a blessing in disguise because it got me into coaching. Um, so the game was kind of taken away from me as a player, but it got me into coaching. And I don't know if you want me to go into my coaching journey, but um, you know, it eventually got me into coaching. But but my childhood was, you know, not ideal. It wasn't a normal childhood. Um, you know, like I said, I kind of had to grow up at the age of ten. <laughs> you know, at the age of 11, 10, You know, and, and just kind of kind of go about it that way. But you know, looking back on it, it's molded me into who I am. Um, and, and it's my testimony. It's my why. Um, my you know and, and basketball has become a platform to share my why and to be able to hopefully inspire others that you know no matter your circumstances or no where what you go through um, you can achieve your dreams i'm living my dream right now i'm an assistant basketball coach at the division one level um you know and and you know i've worked really hard to get there um, but i've had to persevere and, and um, you know i think that was instilled instilled when i was really really young
0: And so uh, let's talk about that coaching journey. You know, where'd you start? How did you get into the profession up until this point as an assistant coach at at Chicago? Right.
1: Um, So it's been a long journey, (laughs) you know, it has been a long journey with a lot of sacrifices, not only for me, but for my wife as well. And and a lot of people along the way that I can thank, but um, you know, so like I said, I was a player, you know, played, so I played one year at Anderson university division three school um, here in Indiana. And um, you know, I hurt my knee again, ended up having four ACL surgeries. So, in 2010, I, I left Anderson to come home for school or come home for uh, summer break. And I was like, you know, I don't want to work a normal job. I want to try to get, I had, I was rehabbing a knee injury. I was like, okay, I'm going to go back. You know, I don't want to, you know, go and do like a normal job again. Like I want to, you know, rehab, but also do something. So I, I called Speece, Speece Fieldhouse. I was like, Hey, can I coach a team this summer? Yeah. I coach a team. So about, a, I, I worked with the team for like a week and they were like, wow, like you work really hard. You have a knowledge of the game. Like let's give you more responsibility. And it kind of, you know, started doing camps and then individual workouts and then running, you know, running the club teams. Um, and eventually, you know, working with, you know, individual individual workouts with players that summer. Um, I hurt my knee again that summer, wasn't going to be able to play the next year. So I'm like, okay, I'll stick around for all of the, I'll go to IPFW. I'll take classes. Um, and, and I'll, and I'll, you know, work at Speed for that summer for that entire fall. So again, I was running camps, running tournaments, um, Running Sunday leagues, doing individual workouts with some of the best players in the city and the state, um, and just really started to enjoy the coaching side of it, you know, and and all that. And um, hurt my knee again. I was like, okay, playing's out of the out of the you know out of the cards now. Like you know, God's telling me you know do something else. So I start. So I stuck around Space, and I actually for four and a half years worked for Space. Then you know, and they gave me more responsibility every year, um, whether it was you know coaching again, individual workouts, coaching, helping recruit to some of the teams club teams, um, camps, skill workouts, um, you know, just everything that went into the went into the logistical side of the program as well, you know, uniform orders, um, you know, everything like that. So stuff that really helped me in my college journey um, that I didn't even know about then. But then I also coached high school basketball um, under James Blackman Sr., Um, at Marion High School which is you know Zach Randolph went there one of the you know James Blackman Jr. went there that played at IU Um, so one of the bigger uh, high schools in the state of Indiana Um, one of the more well-known ones and you know 7,500 people at every game and you know just you know crazy environment and so we had all that happening and then uh, you know so then it was 2013 and my my wife and I were engaged and we're getting married in 2014 and she kind of said hey like you know, you're going to stick with the AAU stuff. You're not making enough money to do just that. You have to do that and work for something Do go do and, you know, work for, you know, whoever and, and do both. Or do you want to try to make coaching into a profession? I was like, well, I really like coaching. I You know, let, let, I want to get into coaching. Let's let's do the college coaching thing. So I wrote 500 handwritten letters um, to college coaches throughout the country. Um, hey, Tommy Strine, I want to be, you know, a GA, a volunteer, you know, whatever you guys have, um, you know, and sent my resume in with him. I heard back from five schools. Um, you know, four of them were no's. A school in Hawaii offered me a GA job with $500 of, of, you know, stipend a month. Um, and in Hawaii, that wasn't going to be enough. My wife was a teacher. There's like three schools on the Island. So it was going to be hard for her to get a job. And, you know, so I turned down a job in Hawaii, which every winter, except for the one that I was in Texas, I, I always, always like, it was like, what was I thinking? Yeah. Um, but uh, no, so I turned those down. And I'm thinking, man, college coaching isn't going to work out. But my wife had a a friend from high school that was an assistant coach at Concordia University in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And Ricky Yon calls me up and says, Hey, Tommy, like, you know, I have a GA slash assistant job. You know, would, would you want it? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. You know, it's my opportunity to get into the, get into the coaching profession and, you know, I'll forever be grateful to Ricky for giving me a chance, you know? So I was actually finishing up my degree in 2014 in Fort Wayne and working for Concordia as an assistant coach. So I did, you know, April recruiting, I paid out of my own pocket because I technically wasn't an employee yet. So I paid out of my own pocket in April recruiting for him. Camps in the summer was up there and or did July recruiting again, paid out of my own pocket because I technically wasn't an employee until August. Um, and then my wife and I went on our honeymoon, August 1st through 10th. We got married August 1st, 2nd through 10th. We went on our honeymoon, uh, came back and moved into our apartment on August 11th in Ann Arbor. And I started working up there. Well, I got an email, um, or I got a phone call from the university of Richmond, Ryan Butler at the university of Richmond, uh, about a week after we moved up to Ann Arbor. I was like, Hey, we have a volunteer video coordinator job at the university of Richmond. And Ricky was like, you got to take it. So I, I drove through the middle of the night, uh, got up there, changed clothes in the car. Um, you know, I was in a suit and tie my hair. I hadn't had, hadn't showered. Um, Mooney didn't have me arrested. Thank God. Um, you know, and so like, I'm standing on the porch when they get there or standing on the steps when, when Ryan gets there. And, um, kind of interviewed for the job, quote unquote, he offered it to me on the spot, and I took it. Um, so I moved up in September, then up to, uh, to Richmond, my wife didn't come down to Richmond until uh, November. Um, but all I got at Richmond was two meal swipes in the cafeteria, I didn't get stipend, um, I didn't get anything, I had two meal swipes in the cafeteria every, every day. And that was it, uh, it's actually 10 a week. So weekends, I, I kind of had to figure it out on my own. Um, but my wife moved up in November. We lived in a really rough area of Richmond. I slept on a, on an air mattress for a, for a couple months and just kind of, you know, went through it that way, kind of, you know, as the kids say now, came up out the mud that way mm-hmm. um, a little bit. So he did that. And then um, Coach Mooney and Coach Brennan then, Coach Brennan's the head coach at American University, one of the best men I've ever been around. Um, he, uh, he had an operations job in, in D.C., um, not highly paid. Um, but it was, it was the next step in my career. So, um, I interviewed for that interview for that job because coach Brennan and coach Mooney were roommates at Princeton mm-hmm. and, uh, I ended up getting that job. I was there for three years with three amazing assistant coaches and coach Brennan, uh, my, Matt Wolf, Scott Greenman and, and Eddie Jackson, three of the best, you know, I worked for three awesome assistant coaches at Richmond too. Kim Lewis, who's my biggest mentor. Um, he's like a father figure to me. Um, you know, a soon to be head coach, it's going to be amazing. Um, you know, Rob Jones and uh, Jamal Brown. I worked with those guys. I worked with Marcus Jenkins for just a small time, but um, you know, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say great things about them. So um, I was at American university for three years, wasn't making a ton of money, but it was a great time for my wife. And I, um, you know, she, she was a teacher, but we lived in DC, which is an awesome city. Um, you know, met some awesome people. You know, we were, didn't have kids at the time. So, you know, we could go out and do a bunch of things and um, really learned a lot from that, from that situation. Cause it was a smaller department, but Mike kind of just let me do my thing and, and let me learn, let me make mistakes, um, but also let me, let me fix those mistakes. So um, I was there for three years and decided I wanted to get kind of closer back to the Midwest, so I went to Cleveland State. Mm-hmm. um, and, 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 you know, worked at Cleveland state for a year as a director of operations there. Um, and then, uh, you know, rough situation a little bit. Um, but you know, went there, um, great people there, you know, love, love the people there. And then, um, Kim Lewis at, at Richmond calls me up and says, Hey, like, I have a really good situation for you. It's not a step up as far as, you know, going from director of basketball operations to an assistant coach, but I think this is something that you can learn. Um, you know, it was one of the greatest decisions I ever made was to make a quote unquote lateral move um, and go down to Lamar and be a Dobo down there um, because of, I got to work for Coach Price. Um, and so I went down there and Coach Price is um, one of the most amazing human beings I've ever been around. Um, I, I learned in a year, I learned so much from that man um, about life, about basketball, about being a better husband, being a better father. Um, you know, so I got down there. I was a director of basketball operations down there. Uh, worked with Joey Contafio. Um, who's, who's a rising star in this business Brian Chappelle, the same thing those two guys are, are studs um, and, and got to learn from them um, and then dave dumars who's an og uh, been around forever his, his brother's the gm of the of the kings now and um, you know played for the bad boy pistons and everything yeah. so just learning from those guys but, but
0: but i got down there and got to learn
1: from coach price and, and that was unbelievable you know and, and it's funny how everything kind of comes comes full circle um you know so Brandon Chappelle calls me up one night during this pandemic and says, Hey, um, you know, you need to get on this zoom call. It's a big time zoom call. Um, it's called be ready. You need to get on it. And this is at 7:58 at night. I'm like, what time is the zoom call? He said eight o'clock. I was like, okay. So I have, a, like a hat on and like a t-shirt with like, you know, my two month old daughter spit up on it. And I'm like, you know what? Okay. I'm just going to get on it, whatever. So I jump on and Alvin Brooks, the third and Jerome Tang and dream and, and Dowling are, are, you know, running it. And, um uh, I jump on and take a ton of notes. I'm learning a ton. You know, the first one I was on was uh, Jerome Tang and Alvin Brooks just talking basketball and I'm learning a ton, you know, and Brandon's like, Hey, like just shoot an email to him afterwards. Let him know you were there. You know, I ask a question, you know, and just so my face was on the front of it, you know, I'm thinking like, Hey, this is awesome. You know? And, and Mm -hmm. I think Grant McCaslin was on there as well. He spoke. And I think I asked a stupid question to Grant McCaslin, um, that didn't make any sense. Nobody knew what it was, but my name was on there and he saw my face Mm -hmm. and I was able to follow up with him. Right. Um, you know, and so I really, really liked it. So I went that Saturday then to that to that to, to that be ready, and then I went to that Wednesday, and I went to that Saturday, and I just kept going. And I got to know Alvin a little bit, AB, and I was like, "Hey, you know, what can I do for you this week?" Well, Tommy, here's something you can do if you if you really have time, you know. And so I started to have that servant's heart towards those guys, um, you know. And so Alvin, you know, kind of took notice of it. You know, I, I you know I did some different things, you know, out out of the blue or whatever, and you know, AB three kind of took notice of it and was like, Hey, Tommy, you know, we're going to do these mock interviews for assistant coaches, right? We're going to do these mock interviews for assistant coaches. I want you to be one of the, one of the interviewees. I'm like, okay, great. So Amir, uh, Amir, um, coach Amir at, uh, Kennesaw state. He, uh, he, he was my, he was my mentor. He was the one that kind of walked me through, you know, the interview process, the questions, Johnny Estelle. Um, he was the one that, uh, he was the one that, the, uh, uh, interviewed me. So uh, he's at uh, Texas A&M mm-hmm. Kingsville mm-hmm. Hall of Famer, Johnny Estelle, no, he's a Hall of mm-hmm. Famer at Navarro College now. So, mm-hmm. um, so got to know those guys, you know, and, and did the interview. Well, Lance Irvin um, at Chicago State, he was one of the interviewers as well. He was interviewing another guy um, in, in the interview process. And, uh, you know, I did a good job and Chicago State came up and actually, you know, so I caught COVID um, at the end of July and he called me up. I was in the hospital like, would you be interested in Chicago state? I'm like, yeah, I would be. Um, But right now I'm fighting for my life with COVID right now. So, so, you know, give me a week or so here to kind of get through this and make sure that I'm alive, you know, to be able to hire me. Um, And we went through the process and it it was funny because he was interested in some offensive stuff. And I worked for Mooney who runs one of the best offenses in the country. You know, so I had that, you know, and then, you know, he was like, okay, I'm going to offer you the job because, you know, and everything. And I took the job, but, looking back on it, had I not worked at Richmond for Kim for, for Mooney Mm -hmm. understanding the offense of the Richmond offense and had met Kim, I never would have got down to Lamar and I never would have met Brandon Chappelle and Chappelle never would have introduced me to the AB, AB three, AB three never would have gave me the opportunity on this mock interview. And I never would have met Lance Erb. So everything kind of just came in together. You know, God's an amazing God, right? Like he like, kind of just like pieced it all together. And um, so now, you know, I'm up here at Chicago state living my dream. Um, you know, but you know the good thing about that is too is is all these things that happen, and even the pandemic. Like I've made some amazing friends, amazing yeah. friends through through this. Um, you know, we have a we have a group called the young young goons, the, the you know the be ready young goons, where dudes that we've never met before. I've never met AB3 face to face. I met Lance Irvin on Monday for the first time face to face. You know, and so that was the first time that I met him face to face. But you know, because of you know the the world we live in right now. I've made some amazing friends, some amazing mentors. Um, and, you know, so that's kind of my path through it all is, you know, it's funny how everything connects. I was thinking about it last night. Like I hadn't really processed it, but everything kind of connects. Like if I never would have, if I never would have taken that leap from Cleveland State down to Lamar, I never would have met Brandon. Brandon never would have introduced me to the Be Ready family. I never mm-hmm. would have had all these friends. I never would have and I never would have had the opportunity to come to Chicago State. So, um, you know, it's been, been amazing that journey and, and just seeing how, you know, that you can connect the dots a little bit.
0: Uh, it really is amazing just to see that that tough decision to make a lateral move, which a lot of people don't often do, and, uh, and how it's altered the course of, of your career through those connections that you've been able to make. It's pretty wonderful to hear about. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And uh, I guess the common theme that I've noticed when talking to a lot of coaches is is the connections you make. You know, they're important, and, and they've got to be genuine, and you've got to be real, and you've got to cultivate them. And, and uh, it pays dividends, you know. and, and Talking about the handwritten notes. You're not the first coach that has brought that up in his interviews. Matter of fact, on the last episode, I had a Dobo from Presbyterian on the, on the women's side, and she was talking about handwritten notes. I mean, she lived by them. And uh, so it's just interesting that you say that. Any, yeah. any, any advice you'd give to young coaches out there uh, trying to get in? You know, What would you tell them?
1: You know, a couple things. You know, the first thing is, is, you know, obviously, you know, work hard, bloom where you're planted. Um, I used to think that was bullcrap, to be totally honest with you. Everybody, bloom where you're planted, bloom where you're planted. And, and I used to think that's stupid. You know, you know, whatever, you know, bloom where you're planted. You know, only people that are telling me that are people that are already planted, right? <laughs> like, yeah. like, they're already bloomed, like, you know, but, but, you know, the more that I, the more that, you know, I've gotten into the business and the more that I've seen it is it's true. You're, you're, your work ethic, your character, who you are, what people think about you, will get you in rooms that you'll never step foot in. Um, you know, and so, you know, if you work hard daily, um, and you do a really good job of where you're at, that that reputation will carry with you, so, so do that first. The other thing is, is, is invest in others, man. And, you know, it, it's been unbelievable to me to see that, to see that, you know, you know, it, when you start to invest in others, that that it comes back to you, and like I said earlier, you know, I wanted to be an assistant coach so bad, you know, Mm -hmm. that I lost track of the people that want to be a Dobo so bad, you Mm -hmm. know, and there's 353 division one jobs, right. You know, so you're talking three, there's, there's maybe, you know, whatever, 1100 division one assistant jobs. Right. So there's less than there's 353 Dobo jobs at most, right. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, then that's taken into consideration if every school has one, which they don't, you know, so I had, I I never realized until, you know, I, I really thought about it. Like, I'm one of 353 people in the country that has a division one dobo job, yeah. you know? And so when you really, really thought about it that way, I started to think about, man, I need to be thankful for where I'm at right now. You know? And then when I'm an assistant coach realized that there's only 1100 of these in the world yeah. at division one, I'm one of 1100 people that, that get to do this every day. Right. Mm. And so, you know, just realizing there's always somebody that, that you just got to be thankful for where you're at. And then invest in the next person. Um, and, and I think that if you do those two things, even as a young coach, um, everything will kind of, kind of flow to you. Because you know, as a high school coach, if you're trying to get into college, keep networking. But at the same time, like, keep investing in others. You know, That stuff comes back to you. I, I truly believe it. Um, you know, but keep chasing your dream. There, for every no, like I told people all the time, I interviewed for 14 Division One assistant jobs before Lance Irving gave me my opportunity. 14. and I got told no on all of them. I was a finalist for 12 of them. Like it was me and another guy for 12 of them got told no, 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 no. But if you relentlessly relentlessly pursue it, eventually that one yes, that's all that matters. I'm all in on Chicago state because Lance Irvin gave me my opportunity and, and I'm all in on it. It's the best job in the world. And, and I'm, I'm going all in on it. And, you know, and and that's the mindset you got to have, like who cares about no's, right? Who cares about you, you get told? No, who cares? No, no, no. Who cares? It's the one yes that matters, and that's the one that you, that you, that you have to go all in on. That's
0: awesome. It's awesome to hear, Coach. Yeah. But um, I saw – tell me if I read this correctly. Uh, top 30 under 30, Under Armour did it. Uh,
1: yeah, so Under Armour every year through the NABC does a 30 under 30 list um, where they, they honor the top 30 coaches under 30, rising coaches or whatever. So, yeah, I was on that list, which is an honor. Um, some of the people on that list are unbelievable guys that I, you know, and just an honor to be in the same breath as, you know, and so, um, you look back at the past list, a lot of really successful guys on it. Um, so to be able to be on that list is unbelievable. It's a great, great, uh, great honor. Um, you know, just hopefully, you know, I can, I can make good on it, you know, and, and, you know, I do turn 30 this year. So, so it was my last year. So I told everybody, told everybody when I made the list, that just means the really good coaches are getting old. Um, but, no, it was an honor and, and um, you know, something that, you know, I definitely cherish. I don't take lightly, um, you know, to be able to be honored by, by my peers and and, and some big-time guys. And um, so that was awesome.
0: You know, I also saw that you're a member of uh, Coaches for Change, you know, and the things that they're doing. Talk about what they're working on and, and what it means to be a part of something like that.
1: Probably one of the most important things that I'm a part of. Um, and Carmen Marciello, uh, the, the head coach at Siena, Sorry, Carm, if I butchered your last name. But, uh, you know, he, uh, he, he, he reached out to me and was like, hey, like, we got to do something about this social justice thing. Like, we got to do something. He was passionate about it. Um, and he started to put together a little, a little committee. Um, and now I think we're over 100 members now. Um, you know, I was one of the original members. And, and basically our thing is, is we want to educate and, and empower guys and, and um, you know, athletes, you know, to, to go vote, to go be a change. Um, we think that our platform is Basketball Coaches. Uh, calls for that, um, you know, and so we have a website, uh, coachesforchange.org. Um, four is the uh, numeric four. Um, you go, you go to it, and, and it gives you the ability to see what's going on in the world, um, different social social pla- um, social injustice things that are going on um, throughout our country. But it also gives you the opportunity to, to, I think it's four clicks or six clicks to register to vote. Um, you know, so we're we're all committed to getting 100 percent of our athletes registered to vote. Um really, really excited for that. Um I think it's a great platform. But again, like I said, basketball is our platform. Um, you know, and and we'd be remiss if we didn't use that to, you know, invoke change. Um and so it's an honor to be a part of that. Um a lot of good coaches on there that really, you know, have really pushed pushed me to to think more, to to educate myself more uh through it all and and uh you know a lot of stuff I had no idea happened and no idea that it was going on. So um, it was really, really good. I, I'm really excited to be a part of it and uh, and and something to definitely go check out. Any coach needs to go check it out. Uh, again, it's coaches, the numeric4change.org. Um, we also have uh, a, a, a Twitter page um, and an Instagram page that you can check out. But, but definitely something, probably the most important committee I'm a part of. Um, and so so definitely go check that out.
0: That's awesome, coach. And I appreciate you guys for for taking initiative and doing that. I think it's important to to educate and empower and 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 like you said, even yourself. And and I'm in the same boat. And I think we all are just getting to educate ourselves more and to be more aware of what's going on. Yeah. Um, and, and we we do have this influence, especially you guys at the college level, because your your athletes are 18 and older and, and able to vote. And um, you know, getting them in a situation where they're able to. You know, I'm going to do the same thing with our guys. You know, only a handful of our guys are 18 years old, uh, but it's still important that they understand their right to vote and what it means and, and how right. powerful it can be. Absolutely, 100%. You see the uh, NBA playoffs are going on. What are your thoughts on on uh, who's winning it all this year?
1: Well, I, I hope the Nuggets. I'm a big Jokic fan. Um, but, oh, yeah, uh, you he's cool. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think you probably have to go with the Clippers, right? They're the most talented team, probably. Yeah, um, You know, Portland played well last night. You know, you got to watch those teams. I, I'm, a, I'm like um, – I'm a basketball I'm a basketball fan to the extent of, like, when I watch it. Like, I'm watching, like, you know, the X's and O's side of it. And the, yeah, the, yeah. The so I'm you. not watching it as, like, a fan or anything. I'm actually a Wolves fan um, at okay. heart because I was a huge Kevin Garnett fan growing up.
0: Oh, yeah. That was awesome. I
1: used to call myself the little ticket, you know. <laughs> so, uh, I was a huge, huge Garnett fan. Um, you know, so you know the wolves. The wolves are probably a few years away from being in that bubble, um, but uh, but you no, know, I, I I'd have to go with the Clippers if I was if I was a betting man, as because they are probably the most uh, you know the most talented team. But but I do hope the the Nuggets because of Jokic. I love the way Jokic plays. Um, he, he plays at the same pace that I do during my men's league games. So um, you know, I can I can relate to him with that. So no, he. Um, you know, but all those guys, I mean, you watch the NBA, man, it's it's so efficient. So those guys are so, you know, high level shot makers, high level playmakers, um, you know, so you can try to learn from, you know, I'm a big European basketball fan too. I watch a lot of European basketball mm-hmm. through through Synergy and stuff. So, you know, just watching a lot of pros have been, been awesome.
0: No, my wife, like I said, my wife hates it because even like last night, you know, we're watching the the games that are on TV and and I'm constantly rewinding it oh, hold on, I got to see this. And I get, I'll get, I'll get a, pay, a pen and pad out or I get my phone and record it real quick. And right. she's like, this is so annoying. And I said, well, I'm sorry. It, it, looked, it looked good. Maybe right. at some point we can use something similar. You know, it's just, uh, yeah, it drives them nuts. <laughs> right. So, so moments in your career where it goes beyond basketball, you know, whether whether for yourself or working with other, other athletes.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, man, there's so many of them. Um, you know, I think the foreign tours that I went on, um I went on two foreign tours, took teams on two foreign tours, so when I was an American, I took a team to Australia. Um, you know we had a lot of travel issues um going out there. we missed a flight in Dallas and ended up having a stay a night in Dallas and got out there late and had to change some things and It was a mess, but you know, seeing our guys' joy, being able to see that culture um you know and taking those guys out there and 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 just seeing the joy in those guys' faces when they held a kangaroo when they held a you know a panda and stuff like like seeing the joy in that and then going to Italy. Um, with Cleveland state um, and seeing those guys just see that, again, that culture, the, you know, the stuff that you, um, you know, the, the, the basketball takes you to that you never would have thought they could have. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, seeing all that and, but seeing the joy on our guys' faces as you're doing it. Right. And, and that's a, that's what I'm, that's what I meant it for. Um, the wins and losses are great. There's joy in the wins. There's pain in the losses and, and, and vice versa. But um, you know, seeing those guys outside of basketball, I think was huge. And as a Dobo, you see those guys, um, in a different light. Like you see those guys, you know, in life as opposed to basketball a little bit more. Mm. Um, and I think that's so important for me. And as an assistant coach, I want to do the same thing. Um, you know, cause, cause you know, basketball, you're with them two hours a day in basketball. You know, if you can be with, you, know, you get to see them six, seven hours outside of basketball and get to know who they are as people. I think that's really cool. I, I, I told a guy the other day, like, you know, I want to have a relationship with you where, you know, if you're at Chicago state, um, you know, you, you push me every day. I push you every day. And we have, you know, a great relationship, um, you know, but but I want it 20 years from now. I want you to text me happy father's day. I want to text you happy birthday. That's yeah. the type of relationship I want to have with you. So, you know, I think just the relationship building is, is what I'm so adamant about with players, coaches, people on, on campus, everything like that. Um, so, but no, the, the foreign tours were really, really cool. You know, the places this game can take you is unbelievable. Um, if you're just dedicated to it and, and, you know, and obviously, as adobo having to having to, you know, plan that whole thing was, was a mess, but um, you know, doing all that and being and seeing the joy on those guys' faces when they gotta see the different cultures and try the different things, you know. I'll never forget the guys the looks on the guys' faces when we went to Venice and we got on a gondola ride and they gotta ride around the water in Venice and, and see that. I mean that was Unbelievable to see their faces and how excited they were and the experience they'll never forget. For sure. um, you know, they'll still text me right around this time because it's coming up on their Facebook feeds and their Instagram feeds and memories and stuff. <laughs> and they'll text me, and be like, Tommy, remember the food that we had in Venice? And it's like, man, I, I can't re- you know, I can't, I can't get over that. So, so those are some good memories for sure.
0: Yeah. Those are, those are relationships that last a lifetime and memories that, that last a lifetime and, and right. an experience that, that maybe otherwise they wouldn't have had without basketball. So, right. So that's awesome. Coach, I appreciate you, man. I, I sure do appreciate everything you're doing for the game, uh, what you're doing with the Think Tank and the Coaches for Change organizations and and just all the positive uh, stuff that you're putting out into the world. I really do appreciate you.
1: I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. This is a great platform. You're doing a great job. And, you know, keep making, keep making like you're saying, the coaching connections. I think that's the biggest thing is that's what, at the end of the day, you know, we're all in it for the same reasons. So yes, I, I appreciate it.
0: Yes, sir. Take care, and I wish you the best of luck. It's a new opportunity, and uh, I know you're going to make the most of it, Coach. We'll talk soon. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Coach. Yes, sir. Have a good day.